You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies online first, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Tell everybody what you do. Is that tomorrow night? Wednesday. Wednesday. That would be Wednesday. Depend- well, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Wednesday, September 29th. Today Today's is Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, as we're recording this, today is Tuesday. Or you're listening live on the Odyssey app on 92.3 The Fan Extra. Yes, today is Tuesday. That means tomorrow. Tell everybody what you're doing. Dave Matthews. Um, what you say. We are taking a limo with cookie pie. And you're taking a limo. Another strange couple. Central heating. We're taking a strange couple. Uh, well, not strange to Mike. So I guess you guys are going to look like a bunch of ants marching in oh, when you guys we? go to Bro- Blossom Music Center. I am pumped. I am pumped. I have not ever seen Dave at Blossom. I know that's oh, always been something God. that people uh, love to do. He basically is here every year for the last 30 years, right? Oh, my God. What do you want, Lima? Hold on. What's the problem? A little bit louder in my That's ear. Fine. Then you ask me and you go, Andy, can you turn me up? So okay. I'm going to show you what to do so you don't mess with Don't touch okay. the so this is local. Got my hand okay, slapped. So come here, come here. Okay. This is your. This is mine. Level. So if I did yes. this, it's going to make it really loud. Yeah. Andy's fixing so the mic level. If I did this, it's going to turn it down. Okay. So do you know Good. radio now? Okay. When the sound. Good. Okay, I worked with a guy. I worked with a guy. I, I can't even say his name, but everybody in this room knows exactly who he is. I worked with a guy who was a little bit derelict in his duties when I worked in Akron. Oh, Andy Sleeve. He was a little bit derelict in his duties at Akron. And he would, he would, one day I came in, we were doing high school football. Mm-hmm. And I came into the studios. I was carrying all the equipment. And all of a sudden I heard my boss go, when you turn this knob up, it gets louder, Brandon. I mean, welcome to Bleepin' Radio. <laughs> he yelled it at the top of his lungs. And that's just what I hear as I'm passing by the studio. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Well, I, I, I'll, was so exasperated I'll be honest. With I, never, I never actually learned. all. The, <laughs> most radio people have to do every job at a radio station. That's, what, that's why he gets so gut. Mm, that's why he gets so frustrated with you. I almost said something I didn't want to say. That's why he gets so frustrated with you. Because I have came over to your home, 
and mm. tried to teach you the board, and I've come over and tried to teach you other things. I seem to be somehow more patient with you than everybody else because he's about to rip even more of his hair out because you just touch knobs. You just go. <laughs> You're like a child trying to learn motor skills when it comes to working with, with equipment and radio. It's unbelievable. We went through 18 months of a pandemic while you were in your home, and you somehow were able to do that. I don't know. That's why they gave you the terrible Lucy app that you bitch and complain about so much, because all you had to do was turn the on button on, and that's it, because they know they can't trust you with anything else. I tried to explain to people. And this is an argument that I will win, unlike the Kirk Cousins one that I embarrassed myself with this morning. It's a double-edged sword when trying to show versatility, because the great thing is, when you're resourceful, you're very valuable. However, when you're very resourceful, you are then expected to be able to do everything. When you it's show amazing to be a grown man of 40 years old and expected when, to know how to do something when you show, in your business. When you show incompetence, then you have very low expectations. Could you imagine that? Tom Callahan, what do you mean? you expect me to sell these brake pads? Well, I don't know. Your whole family's been doing it for 70 years. I, I would expect you to do it. There's a guy I know at, uh, at a certain TV station, and he says, Phew. Now they just expect me to come in on Friday nights and do everything. I'm like, because you did too well. Now you're expected to do all those things. That's if you just would have been an idiot, you wouldn't be asked to have to work but those it's, hours. It's easy. Well, that's. But it's a fine line because you want to be valuable enough that they keep you. Okay. Home goes, please. Yeah. Hi, Lima. It's, Hi. it's a it's a pleasure to be on your emerging podcast scene. It's emerging. We're getting bigger and better. So, I know this is going to sound strange, but. Do you think TV and radio are different? Well, certain things, yeah. Okay, just I want to make sure that you said certain things. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. they are different. Okay, I'm going to say something and wait till Andy gets out of the room because okay. I don't want to admit it in front of him. Okay, this is where I mean, he's just going to stand there. So I will say Lima has a fair point. I still win the argument because it's, it's ridiculous. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you had less talent, you would have been gone long ago. <laughs> If you had any, le- like you are, where would I have been fired first? You what are... would have been the infraction? Oh, oh, oh do, no, we're not going over that list. I'm not. I'm not jogging anyone's memory with that stuff. Because, it, frankly, it, it is true. Like there have been people who have been fired from jobs in radio and TV because it's like we need you to do this now, and they're like, I don't want to do this, and they're going to go, okay, we're going to pay someone the exact same amount of money or even less, and they're going to do more. So, in a way, it is a testament somehow to your talent that they haven't fired you because <laughs> it, it is. I, I, I totally sympathize with Andy with how frustrated he gets over that stuff. I totally sympathize because I've had to engineer. Mm-hmm. I had to run board. I had to do it. I had to do it the old school radio way. I had to go pick up Coke for the afternoon host. I had to do all that stuff. You had stuff. to pick up what? I had to pick up blow. I had to pick up blow for him and... The whoa, uh, whoa, exotic whoa, whoa. dancers he used to have in uh, one day a week. Wait, wait, you're. I told you. I saw. I probably said that story on this podcast. <laughs> no, I know. I said that story like... on the show. Oh, I haven't said that story on the show. I don't think you put it like that. So wait, you were basically I had an accessory. A host. I had a, a host. You're an accessory to a crime. Well, you could have been charged. Not, not, and by the way, it is not and has never been a station that is owned by our company. So you don't have to worry about that, everybody. Uh, I was so you a, had probably felony possession was, that you were oh, he was subjecting you to. Yes, these were the old days, man. I say the old days like two thousand. Can you tell? No, no. I have now. I have, a, uh, I have questions. I have questions. I have questions. Which I have is, questions. I mean, that's almost twenty years ago. So, so is that's there? The old days. Is there anything he could have asked you that you would have done? To, because wouldn't you, have done? No. That uh, yes, that you wouldn't have done. I mean, I wouldn't have 
done anything like sexual or anything no, like that. Okay, yeah. I'm talking. I mean, if you're willing, I don't know. I was pretty damn desperate for a job back in them days. I don't know. Okay, tell us how, because now you are in the middle of a drug deal. Well, tell been, us how the drug deal went. I've down. told people this several times. I've been in. A, 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 I've actually had a not a checkered past, but I have been around a few dangerous individuals, which some people don't realize that. And I've told you the one story about the um, the one deal in Canton that went awry. <laughs> and I was way too young to be a part of that, way too young to be around that. Um, there have been a few dangerous individuals. So I was I was used to being around that type of thing. So it's nothing for you to it did go, not phase me. go outside, go no. meet up, you give him this, he gives you this. It just it did not phase me. Did so, you make small talk? No. It was, oh, how did you know that was the guy? I knew it was the guy. You could just tell. Yeah. That was pretty obvious. I was told to look for the car. The car rolled up, and that was the car. And what would you have done if, while you were doing because it had to cross your mind hmm. that here's the car. I got another story coming up here in a second about it. Go it ahead. It had to cross your mind. Here's the car. Uh, sir, here's what I have. Where is the merchandise? And then all of a sudden. They could have ripped me off. Handco- no, I'm thinking handcuffs. Oh, you know handcuffs what? I didn't think arms. about it like that. I was, I was, uh, I was 19 at the time. I didn't think, I didn't think in those terms. I did not think in those terms. You know what? That's a great point. So you didn't think worst case scenario. Yeah, and that would have definitely been a felony possession. Now um, the rip off thing is is also a question because what happens if they take off and go psych? Do you owe the money? Who owes the money? Then? Jeez, man, you're telling some stories that I really want to tell on this on this podcast right now about. I told you, I've told you off air the, the psych situation that we had <laughs> when I was 14 years old and my whole job was to point out the window at the guys and to act like I was laughing. My, they were like, yeah, do it like Austin Kutcher in that 70s show. I swear to God on my parents, I swear to you. So uh, I did that. There was one time where he had this, he had a guest in from the Gentleman's Club uh, down there once a week. And this is in Canton. And he had one in there, and she would go in there all the time. She was really nice, but she had some problems. And one day, she was just in this bad mood. And I always felt uncomfortable because, I mean, she would be – she'd be doing these interviews, and we'd, we'd cover up the window and the thing, and she would be without apparel. Did she start like that, or did she have to be talked to? She would eventually it? get to that. Yeah, she did something, and – there were no cameras, by the way. She yeah. just was obviously comfortable without her clothes on. And was she doing drugs? Well, this is what I'm getting to. So I had to go. It was right off at the place. I had to go to end up going to Plain Township. And she would not do. She's like, I left my stuff at my apartment. She lived in a duplex. And the guy who was running the show at the time was like, I can't leave the studio. And she's like, well, I'm not doing it unless I got my stuff. I'm not doing the interview. I'm not doing anything unless I got my stuff. And so they start yelling at each other back and forth. And finally, I'm like, listen, I'll just, it's t- five minutes away. I'll go over there. And she's like, okay, just my boyfriend's home and he could be a bit much. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I go, I go over to this place. I get the directions. I go over to this place. It took me five minutes to go over there. I go knock it on the door. Um, 18, 19 at the time, same age. And I go, I go knock like, like that. Definitely thought I was the cops. He absolutely thought I was the cops at first. And then he looked out the window. And then he opens up the door. And I said, I'm going to leave her name out of this. I said, hey, I'm here um, 
so and so I think texted you. I'm here to pick up her things that she needs. And at first he's like, "Come on in," and then he's like, "Oh, just it's in the bed. It's in the bedroom. Be right back." And you could tell he was zooted, zooted, and there and you could tell because he was zooted. Then I looked at the coffee table and I could tell, "Oh yeah, he's been zooted all day." Was he wearing a robe? <clears throat> so he was wearing basketball shorts. He was wearing like mm-hmm. old New Jersey Nets basketball shorts and no shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes out, and then all of a sudden, like I, they must have had a big fight before she came over. Because it was just every single word in the book, and then he starts pointing at me, and like was he setting off fireworks? I've never seen no, I've never seen I've never seen anybody like you could tell he was paranoid and the drugs had taken an effect, and so he starts like yelling at me, and then all of a sudden he's like, "You better not be hanging out with her more than you need to be hanging out with her." And I'm like, "I'm not trying to get in your terrible lifestyle." Oh my god! I didn't say that out loud because he probably would have pulled out a gun and shot me. Well, he didn't have a gun on him because I could see he was only wearing his basketball shorts. So I knew there was no firearm in the in the shorts. And he probably would have sold the bullets for, for dope anyway. So he like he like starts yelling at me and I'm like, listen, I'm just I'm here to pick up her things. I got her things. I'll see. And he's like, he is MFing out the door. And I just got in the car and took off. I had actually I had an old S ten truck at the time. This is ninety five S ten. It was green. It was green and it was green and silver. And I called it. This is before I even saw Trailer Park Boys. I called it the Green Bastard. I had no idea that there was a character called the Green Bastard on Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> and brought it back. And she right there on the uh, on the console. The, the, it was like people talk about Did the glory she days offer of radio. You any? Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's like, well, you wouldn't got it here. I'm like, I know. No, I didn't. I swear. To God, I, <laughs> I looked at Lyman. and I did like nodding like, oh, yeah, I did. No, I did not. We, there was no skiing uh, done by me in that moment. Um, <laughs> this is amazing. Bring this back to radio. I'm not, uh, well, no, because everybody <laughs> talks about like the glory days of radio. Yeah. And there was a like I had a boss who was it, it was the same guy who did the uh, when you turn things up, it gets louder. Welcome to effing radio. Like he was and he would tell some wild ass stories about the back in the 70s Minneapolis he worked in Minneapolis he worked in uh he was from Brainerd originally right here in Brainerd yeah exactly and uh he worked in <laughs> Minneapolis he was the um he was the program director at WRAF in Detroit the rock station there which is a legendary rock station he had great stories and I would call BS on a lot of his stories like the one time he lived all right I'll tell you this crazy ass story right I have a Kirby Puckett story that I'll say I, I might have shared on the air but I know I didn't share this one so he was a PD, a program director, at a rock station in Milwaukee. And he tells me one night, I was like, I used to work late hours, and we used to just ass off, whatever. And he told me one night that he was working at the station, and two cops would come by and hang out at the rock station or whatever. And one day they got a call while he was in his office about a domestic dispute about a um a man and his boyfriend down the street the guys don't think anything of it you know once there is a thing where cops do get desensitized to this stuff very quickly so they're not there's certain issues where it's not necessarily a hurry cops leave they don't think anything of it whatever so he lived down the street i find out from the apartment building that jeffrey dahmer lived in and Come to find out that the cops who were in his office were the two to, to respond to the domestic dispute 
of the you remember the story of the Asian person? I mm-hmm. believe he was an Asian man who got away from Jeffrey Dahmer, like woke up and got away. And they returned him to Jeffrey Dahmer. Like it's like, oh, this is a lover's quarrel. And they returned him to Jeffrey Dahmer. And then a, a while later, they end up catching Jeffrey Dahmer and all that stuff. He lived down the street from that. in the two cops, it was just, and I'm just sitting there like, I'm not doing the story justice because he lived it. I'm just telling it secondhand. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and all of a sudden I just I go, there, no, stop. And he goes, oh, I can I can prove it. And I said, how? And he goes, he would, he would always call up somebody. There was always a phone a friend he'd call up, and they'd reminisce, and then I'd leave because he'd start talking to that person on the phone. But they always backed up his stories. And what helped him back it up, he goes, oh, when I left, when I left Milwaukee, I think he left Milwaukee for Detroit. His staff sent him a framed photo of Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment building. So he he's he's at, I think he's at WRAF for like a week. The secretary gets this package. She opens it up for her new boss, my, my old boss. And it's this framed photo of Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment building. I said, that's ridiculous. So, a day, I mean, the next day, I used to go in and I used to, have a rundown of stuff. I mean, I was, I was, I was the gopher. I mean, I really, I started out with some entry level mail. There wasn't a mail room, but I did all of it. I did all that stuff. I was a gopher and I would start my day. I went in there and I asked my one boss and I asked my other boss what they needed and da, 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 da. And if I had to make coffee, I had to make coffee, whatever. And I went in there and I, I had a list of stuff and he told me, all right, you know, you got some commercials did it did it. Cause it was Friday. It was a bigger day. That's when salespeople always had their commercials, whatever. And I turned and I walked out of his office and I just stopped and I went like running back real quick and up on the wall, he had that picture hanging. And I turned and looked at him and he just kicks his foot up on the desk and oh like, oh my God, God, <laughs> you did live down the street from Jeffrey Dahmer, which is chilling. So he had a bunch of those stuff. But yeah, the like the seventies and eighties, like he, it was like he he would tell me stories about like how. It was really the Wild West, and like record people would come in, and you take them out and get loaded. Um, he found a Tom Petty record that fell out of a bag of one of the record record excess, and he just put it on the air. Just put it on the air. It was it was not to be released for like another month. He put it right on the air. Tom Petty called him, and he thought he was going to get cussed out by Tom Petty, and Tom Petty only wanted to ask, "What did you think of the record? What did you think of the record?" And there was a story about I won't back down where I think he was he heard because he had a bunch he had a studio in his house before it burnt down because he had that studio he had that house in California that burnt down I think in Encino and he said that he had a bunch of recording equipment and he, he had a police scanner and the police scanner would pick up phone conversations from cordless phones in the neighborhood and he heard like his neighbor having a drunken fight. His wife or girlfriend was calling him and he's like he just kept saying I'm not going to back down man. And that's what turned into the and song. That's what yeah. turned into the song. So. Yeah, and uh, making a short story long, even in 2004, it was pretty wild. Now you can't. There's not a chance in no. hell. And plus, I was at a smaller station in Canton, Ohio. I wasn't in working in downtown Cleveland, for crying out loud. I want to hear. <laughs> that, that, that probably became so common for that radio dude that he was willing to just send you out, not knowing all that much how, how loyal, how trustworthy you were. Just that you're young, you're desperate, you want to please. And he's sending you out on those kind of wild goose chases is just amazing. It really... It, oh, I, I don't was, think he cared. I think he, would, he was willing... He knew I was desperate and he was willing to use me for whatever. 
and uh, he was old style radio. I don't care. That's I wouldn't do that now. We have different. We have different. Um, we have different principles. Oh. We have different thoughts. No, we do. You can't. I mean, you just can't treat people like that anymore. Not not about going out and getting drugs or whatever. You can't. You can't treat people like that. Um, and uh, but for me in those days. It was just, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever it, it takes to to get some airtime and to get a chance. And if it meant going out and getting uh, drugs for a exotic dancer to make sure that she does an interview for the dude hosting yeah, the gotta, show, yeah, I'm going to go do, do that. I'm going to go did do that. Make, I had no qualms about it. Did it actually make for good radio? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, it was definitely probably an FCC violation. It was titillating. I mean, all those shows back then, they were all trying to do Howard Stern. And so all of them were trying to load up their radio studios yeah. with just characters. And they just, let's see if it works. And, you know, you got to remind our younger listeners who have whatever they want, whenever they want via the Internet. You, you really, you, there were listeners driving in their cars that needed those visuals and that theater of the mind because they couldn't find it anywhere else. You weren't going to be able to, to have those types I of was, things, those, those yeah. scenarios play out. And it was different. I'll tell you this too. It was different for me then because when I worked at that station, I don't think I was ever really single either. And I've never ran around on somebody. It's never happened. Um, and so I never really got to enjoy the rock station life because those were the last days of radio guys doing that. And you're like, you do get into radio and you're like, I'm going to get all these women. And then I'm like, dude, you're in sports talk. You're going to get 40 year old guys. And that's OK if you're in that sort of thing. But, you know, it's like nah, we're, I talk to a lot of guys. There's women, too. But when you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. and you don't know any better. Now it's like, of course, 35 year old Ken thinks. 17-year-old Ken is a total idiot. over the years. 17-year-old Ken is a total idiot. We'll say over the years, some of our tailgates have been pretty, pretty fun. Really? I've, you know what? Thank God I've kind of stayed away from that sort of thing. <laughs> you would think that anything goes, but uh, I am uh, pretty straight-laced when it comes to that side of things. Everything else, and, in, and for my buddies, it's whatever you guys want to do. I'm not going to judge. You, you all do whatever you want to do, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's been different. So, you know what? If I were uh, 18 and 19 and single at that time, who knows what I would have been willing to do. Would have been uh, all systems go. By the way, this podcast brought to you by X10 Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Did you like my belly reference earlier today? I did. I did. I'd forgotten about that movie. (laughs) I think he says I'm the real... Dunda. How does he say it? Damn, That guy died a couple years ago, too, in real life. That's another one I haven't seen in a while. Not by the female assassin. Cut him ear to ear, man. Mm-hmm. Fell right on top of his ass. He almost got out of there scot free. He almost mm-hmm. killed a dozen people. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry, you were reading about Extend. Oh, Extend Technologies, where uh, Tony told us last week, even though we're here in the fall, in the throes of uh, the fall, passion, uh, people are still calling about getting their patios done. Uh, and obviously, that's just a part of what they do at Extend Technologies when you consider all their uh, technological advanced capabilities it is absolutely incredible what they do helping bring your visions to life extend technologies xtendav.com uh what we talked about brown's traditions today and how there's a lack thereof okay you didn't want to play the phone call because anthony oh we can play the phone call yeah. absolutely if you yeah because I, I do want to get to the traditions uh but we well, got a call was, today this from was ralph as bizarre as it gets where I was ralph it. from do we know oh, oh he's from strongsville so he called and 
this is how it's going to be going forward. The Browns are good. At least we all think they're good. Mm. What that means is you saw what was happening. Did you look it up? No. We saw when the Cavs were good, all of a sudden you had rappers. You had all sorts of people coming to your games. Now, the NFL doesn't necessarily work like that because football games aren't a place to be seen nearly as much. But just the overall day, you are seeing a very different crowd start to develop around the stadium and inside the stadium. Oh, he says this is the original. I'm the original. There we go. And so it's starting to change. It's starting to change. I don't want to call it like the Boston Red Sox, the pink hat wearing crowds with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I I don't want it to sound like that. But the Cubs in 2016, all of a sudden, everybody was on the Cubs bandwagon. Could that be happening with the Cleveland Browns? You heard that LeBron James just said that he's still a Browns fan among one of the 30 teams he roots for in the NFL. Well, here was Ralph today in Strongsville, and he had a very different issue with what's going on. Ralph in Strongsville, you're next up on the fan. Hey, guys. First of all, real quick, they did do jump around at the game Sunday. It was, it was, it was strange. But I just they to did do around. jump around? They did. They did. They did the Penn State one, too. That's Wait a second. We're just doing everybody's? It was crazy. Was it a whiteout, we well, let me tell you something about these. Out of nowhere. Here come the Irish. If they do Tennessee, if they do Rocky Top. <laughs> they did Yellow Rosa Texas. You know damn well oh, they ain't yeah. going to do Rocky Top. They are very they sensitive to that. They heard enough about the shape of that scoreboard. Don't you even think. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, they're going to start doing the chomp down there, too. But let me tell you something. So these jerseys, I, the jerseys, I, the college jerseys are frustrating. But I noticed something back when LeBron came back to town, when the Indians had their run, too. And it's people going to the game just because it's a cool thing to do. No, people are down there not wearing jerseys at all. They got these girls down there. They're wearing these the the the, the high leather boots with the high. Oh, I'm real the, sure the you're upset pants. about it. Well, Get them out of those half naked, beautiful what are you talking women. Talking about Ralph. Well, listen, showing their somebody, skin and I, sauntering on all sexy like anything about zone coverage. Yeah, but but they got these these white tops, and I tell you, uh, they they do hug they they hug the body pretty good. They know how to make them. Oh, you're starting to get people excited there. I tell you, Kenny, some of these girls down there, man. The way some of these girls dress down there, man, they just it takes my eyes off of the field for a couple of minutes. And I missed a couple of plays, but I tell you, just take the place for it, Kenny. But they do, they do know what they're doing. They, 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 they tweak and they lift and they got everything going just right down there on some of them, some of them tops they got down there. And them high heels, everything just lifts up and it just augments all perfectly like that. But, but it's the Browns. This is not the place, it's not the place for it. It's just not the place for it. But, but they do, I do need to get myself to the mall a little more often and see where they're buying all these tops. Because I just can't figure it out. Where do they hide during the day? Where are all these girls all day during the week? Where are they? They only come out on Sundays with their tank tops and their the, the, the spaghetti straps and, and the high heels. Thank you, Ralph. Outrageous, Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. The spaghetti straps. I don't know, Ralph. Uh, love you, man. I don't know if they're going to appreciate you stalking them from outside of the, the stores at the mall. And they buy stuff on Amazon. Well, he was days. asking what they do during the week. You can't wear that stuff during the week. Not brown stuff, anyway. Okay, so is it going to bother Browns fans now that there's going to be a contingent of the fan base that doesn't care about football, that it's the cool thing to do? Thank you. Is that going to yes. be an issue for, it's happening. for fans? And it just means your team's good. That's all it means. And I think you should look at it as just a testament 
to the team. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the way this works is common fans going to get priced out. The Browns have done a good job, I think, of keeping the ticket prices low. Mm-hmm. And they've really, they've really been some of the cheapest tickets in the NFL. That's probably going to start to change, though, over the next five How years. How could it not? And, you know, payroll's going to go up. I know it's the NFL. We don't think about that. We don't think that matters like it does baseball. But these teams are still operating like a business. They really are. They really are watching every dollar they spend, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they are trying to maximize return. They're going to jack up the ticket prices. So it's going to price out the common fan more. But the good news is in the NFL, there's not that many games. I know that sounds, well, wait a second. That, that sounds like supply and demand issue. But because there's so few games, what's the most you're going to be on the hook for? You know, it's not like Browns tickets are to go to a Cavs game when they had LeBron and sit courtside. I mean, there were playoff games that had to be 5,000, 7,000 NBA Finals games over 10,000. That'll never happen for a Browns game, maybe a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen. Maybe an AFC championship game, the get-in price will probably be 500. Hmm. That'll probably be the get-in price for the worst seats in the house. Yeah. And then and then the good seats to sit in something like the club at a Browns playoff game, which is going to be almost impossible to get those tickets. Yeah, those are going to be... Those are going to be $1,000. Those what are going to be more. about the price to sit with the original Jamaica Don Dada? I finally found the line. I'm sorry. It was bothering the I could hell tell. out of me. It was killing me. I go, I've seen Billy like 18 times and I forgot. 18 times. I, I, oh, we, I, we had one summer. We watched Belly like every day. It's probably a lot more than that. I just think, unfortunately, it's a reality of your team being good and your team being relevant. Is that a bunch of people are going to be sitting around you at the stadium that you do not like? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? As long as you high five for touchdowns, yeah. As long as you do all that stuff, you know, within reason, okay. considering we're in a pandemic. Like the Patriots. Well, the Patriots were really countrywide. Like there were a lot of people just attached themselves to the Patriots. Really? Yes, there were a lot of people who did that. Um. I think there were a lot of people who did that. I think there was a lot of people, I hate to say this, who attached themselves to the Steelers. And I do think there's people who are attaching themselves to the Browns. Look at Brad Paisley. I call him out every chance I get. And it, it has affected my enjoyment of Brad Paisley's music. I am a country music fan, not a new country music fan, but up until the 90s and even early 2000s. And Brad Paisley's a part of that. And it has affected my fandom. I know, I know for a freaking fact there's, it was in USA Today, his fandom of the Packers. And he says he's a big lifelong Browns fan. And I know I'm supposed to say more the merrier, but it's like, all right, where were you during 1 and 15? Where were you then? Where were you during 1 and 15? And like, I, I just don't like, I, I don't like it because anytime we start talking about Drew Carey, I will get people who start cussing out Drew Carey because yes, Drew Carey basically had had enough. I think that he has tweeted. I think we did go over this once on the show. Has he been in support of the Browns recently as a fan? I thought somebody told us there was something like that. I'm not positive. Like, he said something about a big win for the Browns or something. Like, I think that Drew Carey probably – if I'm guessing, I think Drew Carey probably did. Drew Carey's got to be pushing 60 by now, right? Oh, yeah. Drew Carey did what a lot of guys of that age did. Drew Carey saw some glorious Browns football. And then to see that, like I was still very young during the during during the non championship glory years of the eighties. I was still very very young during that time, so I didn't know any better. Basically, it was like my sons now. Like Jonah doesn't know anything about this. He's two. He wouldn't know anything. Axel's kind of starting to see it a little bit. Eli doesn't know. Eli's four. He doesn't know. 
And so it's like, geez, Louise. And he saw it. And I do think I go, if I were Drew Carey's age, what would I had said about the Cleveland Browns five years ago? Not very good, would I? Wouldn't have said very good things. And I think a lot of guys did that. And so I am a little more lenient and I go, eh, come on, come on back. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Even Drew Carey. But then I, oh, Brad Paisley's a big Browns fan. I'm like, Drew Carey's never been on the record as a Packer fan or, you know, whatever fan. Or going to other other camps, yeah. other. And I know he's into soccer. He's mm-hmm. into, he's, he, what, he, does he own the Seattle Sounders? No, I don't or know. Or is it the Portland Timbers? One of the two he owns up there. I think it might be Seattle. He's a partial owner in there. So, and that's cool. You're allowed to love other sports too. I'm sure he's a big Indians fan. I, I, did I ever tell you the one time I swore to God that I thought Drew Carey was sitting behind me in an Indians game? But it didn't make any sense because he wasn't being mobbed. This yeah, was the 90s went, during the Drew Carey show. Like, he should have been getting mobbed. Uh, by the way, Joe Russo was at the Browns game on Sunday. And he's major director. Oh, major, gosh. Yeah. Major star in Hollywood. I mean, in Hollywood, you you, you got to see these, celeb, these celebs suck up to him. They kiss his ass. Do they really? Like, he is a huge deal. He's a Do they call maker. him the original Jamaican Dun Dada? I think that was last week they were calling him that. Okay. Uh, but he was at the game, and he's, you know, you've seen his dad, Little Italy, uh, Clevelander, born and raised, and obviously not living there anymore. But guys are going to come back now. This is, this is the cool thing. People are going to center their Ohio and Cleveland trips around Browns games, much like they used to with the Cavs and Indians. And so get ready for it. Get ready for it. But it is going to become a spectacle. The Browns games are so much more of a spectacle. They were always a big deal, even when they're bad. You still get up for a Browns game day, but you might have been going through the motions. There's no more going through the motions. Mm-hmm. They're good now. You're relevant. You are going to, especially the more they win. It will turn, yes, it will turn into a place to be seen. It will turn into a place to be heard. It will turn into a place to drink. And there will be, I'm sorry, a lot of you hardcore guys, we love you, but I think you're going to be a little bit annoyed. And I bet some of you already are. I can't, oh, golly, do we, do we want to ask that? Oh, golly, do we want to ask that tomorrow on the show? Yeah. Hey, sure. old head Browns fans, hardcore 30-year season ticket holders. Are you going to be welcoming? Mm, that's a good question. Double A, write that down. Write it. Um, I, I, I think it's okay, though. I think at the end, got to have some fun with this. And hopefully, hopefully new traditions do do start because mm-hmm. we need some new stuff. We need some new traditions. We need, and they've tried. The, Brown, okay. the Browns have tried so many. Maybe they've tried too many things, but they've been receptive. They know that stuff hasn't been working, oh. and so they have tried a ton of different things at the stadium. Lima's starting a new tradition of going to see Dave Matthews every year. <laughs> well, what you say? Is it okay to sing along when I'm there? You know the words? So I, I hope he doesn't play any new stuff. I know the words. Is there anybody hoping Dave plays new stuff when they go to a Dave Matthews? Or don't you just want <laughs> to hear? Is anybody wants to hear new ACDC when they go to yeah. ACDC? No. Uh, Guns N' Roses just had a concert in Columbus. I don't think they stopped up here. And You're they, not a big concert guy, They played you? their new stuff. Really? Yeah. Was it good? Were you there? From what I, No, I, I, I hear about it from say. other people that went. How many concerts have you been to? I am not concert goer. This is rare. Uh, this is either. very rare for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not either. I really liked um, – I told you, man, when I went to Crew Fest, you guys would bleep a chicken. Papa Roach was good live. Papa Roach? Full of energy. They played Damn. their asses off. Last concert great. Last concert I went to, 
Uh, the the just the circumstances were not ideal. It was during the NFL draft. Ooh. They could only allow so many people. Oh, that's And Machine right. Gun Kelly. That's right. Machine Gun Kelly performed. Mm-hmm. He has like 10 different guitars, all different colors and shapes. And I got to tell you. It's like Prince up there. You know, we always, always wonder, is that guy really talented or is he... Is he a marketing thing? You Probably do, a little bit you of do this for, but, but Kenny, you do this for everybody? Mm. He can play different instruments. I know if that's your job, you should be able to play instruments. <sighs> but he does. He goes up there. He can do different things. And his energy, and again, I'm not an MGK guy. Mm. It's not my genre, whatever. And he's changed. I don't even know if he's his own genre. He's changed his type of music. But I got to tell you, start to finish, beginning of a concert to the end of a concert, mm-hmm. You are getting the full MGK experience. He's never boring, and he's never dull, and he's never half-assing it. There was a group. We're not going to mention who. I don't know why we can't. There was a group that came to that Laurel Fest or whatever. Whatever they call it. It's at Lakeland now. The Laurel Live. Oh, that's right. And they went through the motions and didn't even come close to doing anything the fans wanted, and they just did it for a paycheck. MGK not doing it for the paycheck. He was bringing it, so I thought that was cool. Will Dave Matthews bring it? Will he jam out? Will there be a 15-minute song? Will there be a 20-minute song? I always wonder. I do think that is an amazing gift. Now, maybe if you're a musician, you could tell me, oh, it's actually easy. You've rehearsed so many times. You can... It's got to be hard. But it seems hard because no two, no two jam sessions are the same, right? Did you ever, did you ever listen to Fish? Mm. Yeah. Okay, Grateful Dead? Uh, yeah. I, I understand it. I understand totally why those groups had the followings that they did. Evan Sports says, LMAO, Papa Roach at the Rock Hall in 02 is the single worst show I've ever been to. Okay, well, okay. Obviously, Evan, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just make it up. I wanted people to extol the virtues of Papa Roach forever. Of all (laughs) the bands I want to live on in infamy, it's Papa freaking Roach. You know who was terrible? Buck Cherry. God, they suck so bad. Lord, were they terrible. Buck Cherry, that's right. David says, I have a theory. Lima will be mailing it in on the 30th. That is probably Oh, a good my God. <sighs> that's not going to be fun. Are you going to mail it in for the actual show or just yeah. for the podcast? Yeah, probably both. Oh, that's great. Why don't you just take the day off? No, we don't do that. We, um, sh- we show up to work here. Okay. Uh, brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Do you have anything more on the subject? I think we're going to be touching on this tomorrow because this is a very divisive. The fans thing? Yeah, this I is love a it. very divisive thing. And, again, we're going to have to do a poll throughout the day about Hang On Sloopy. We got to do it, and we'll get, we'll get all the information back to the Browns. If you guys want Hang On Sloopy done, then you have to come up with a new tradition. Mm-hmm. You have to come up with something. What was your first uh, concert you ever went to? Michael Jackson. It was Michael Jackson. Really? And then, you know, wow. you know when you're so young, so there was a Michael Jackson impersonator, mm-hmm. and I saw that on the news, and I was like, you know, eight years old. I'm like, did we even really see Michael Jackson? <laughs> I asked my mom, I'm like, did you take me to a fake concert? Did you? Is that why we you could afford? fake Michael Jackson? And remember, Michael Jackson, we were young. You'd see on TV, he would be in, like, Germany and just women passing out. How could you just pass out? I don't understand. If a Baker Mayfield might be the biggest thing in the world to you, are you passing out if you see him? Because they're idols. How were these women passing out? And then and men too. How were they passing out? No one. There had to be. They all had to be on drugs. There had to be something going on behind the scenes. I didn't understand. Mm. Go look at the old videos of the fans 
in especially Europe at Michael Jackson concerts, fainting, fainting, not even with good seats. Saw him on the video board. Were they pumping some kind of sparkly? I don't know. Amazement dust in the air. That Michael was just Jackson yeah. was your first concert. Yeah, first concert. Wow. Yeah, it's only downhill from there, right? Yeah, I saw Richard Marks. Oh yeah, Hell he was yeah. on the okay. piano, and then he turned into a political diatribe. No, I'm kidding. It did not. It was the early '90s. It did. Who not. was the woman? Uh, the girl was at the time she's a teenager. Debbie mm. Gibson. Where she went to malls, and I saw her at Great Lakes Mall. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Look at you. But she, I think we're alone now. I think we're alone now. I think we're done with the podcast. I think now. we are. All right, xtndav.com. Do you want me to tell another story of whimsy back in Always. my early radio days? Always. My story or somebody else's? You want me to tell you the story about the, about the uh, <clears throat> exotic dancer? I want to do that on the phone she call She tried later. to make it with me on the way home. I, tried, I, was, I was giving her a ride home. Do you realize, I didn't accept. Do you realize the story that Ken told to start this podcast was he was offered illegal narcotics. Yeah. And he was in a car with a with stripper. With a felony amount. With a stripper. Not, not no, I was by myself in that story. The one oh, I did okay. try, I took to her place, yeah. and it got, it was during my single days. Think of how many guys just I put had themselves. I had a very quick moment of single life, and it was, how many guys I was not going to do imagine that. Imagine themselves in that exact position. That is like a free, that's like a, it's like a bonus card. Hey, there's a bonus card. It's like it is like a just a total hitting the lottery. It was, it's what every guy's fantasy is. Three a.m. and you passed up on it. It was three a.m. and I was not interested in any of that at all, which is probably something that a lot of people will call me a fool. Maybe we'll find out on Thursday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 